welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, even some that ran only one episode. This month, we are in the game show plot. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. Ooh, my stat quotient is going into the danger zone. Noah. Noah. Danger zone. <laughs> Today we are doing not Archer, which has run lots of seasons. Yes, many. Uh, but we are doing The Chamber and The Chair. Yes, it's a two-for-one special here on the Stay Doom podcast. Mostly because they are both very short-lived and so similar that it's really not worth covering each of them individually. Yes, I I kind of wanted to watch all of The Chamber and then just an episode of The Chair. We watched most of The Chamber, what we could get our hands on. Yeah, there are only three episodes that aired, and the other ones were never released. And then uh, one episode of The Chair, but we couldn't find the American version, so we watched a British version. Correct. But uh, you guessed it. I watched both of these shows live when they ran, so I have... Plenty to say about both the chamber and the chair. So uh, let's start with the chamber. Okay, so the chamber, this was a short runner that was rushed into production. And it was only, I don't know why I always say it was a short runner. because, yeah. it, But like this was a real short runner. Like it ran for 12 days in 2002 in January. Well, let me ask you this. Why was it rushed into production? Uh, it was rushed into production to beat. The chair. To beat the chair. So this is like the spinoff. This is the the greed to uh, who wants to be a millionaire. This is the chamber. Each one claimed the other one was a ripoff because they both ended up airing in January 2002. Yep. So they kind of both had the like, no, that one's the ripoff. No, you're the ripoff. Um, so to get us to, the, to get someone into the chamber... They have to uh, first qualify to get in. Yeah, and it's done as a face-off. With this face-off. And basically, these two people have to face each other. And these two people are closer than me and Laura are currently. Yeah. Like, there, there's maybe like, put two fists together. Like, that is how close. And then put it to your nose. Yeah, it's, it's very uncomfortably close. And the host says... In this round, I will ask a question, such as name the 12 signs of the Zodiac. They'll each give one answer until one of them gives an incorrect answer. If the other player can then follow up correctly, they will earn a point. The first player with two points goes on to enter the chamber. The trivia here is very interesting. Because for the most part, there there are a few where it's like, uh, this is a very known set of things, Mm -hmm. uh, such as... Uh, Name the marshmallows from Lucky Charms. Yes. But the other thing, and this is something they did on Greed often as well, was it's kind of unknowable trivia. It's something like, in 2000, what were the top 10 best-selling women's magazines? Like, nobody would just happen to know that. Like, like that's not, like, common knowledge trivia. 
it's okay, I need to think of women's magazines and know which ones are most popular. Yeah, I mean, that one kind of has the... I thought the, uh, what were the most popular baby names was much more difficult. Yeah, that's not a good it's a much example. more open set than yes. women's magazines. Um, in that I think I could only name ten women's magazines that were running then. Right. That were selling in any way. So it's it's a it's an interesting way to do it because basically you're you're asking to predict a popularity poll. Yeah. Kinda like um it's very uh family feud. Where it's like, yeah, you might know what these things are, but now you're being asked to put them in in a ranking based on the year, so like it could be anything. Yeah. Uh so it's it's an interesting way to end up in the chamber. Yeah, and one time it was like Major League Baseball teams, and like, often it was an open set, and often it was a open set of only ten. Yes. Uh, So they are face-to-face, and like, staring each other in the eyes, and like, like, trying to be as intense as possible. And then somebody wins, and the most wonderful bit of production happens. Okay. And it's them walking to the chamber while the host is like, we're about to make television history. This person is going to enter the chamber. The chamber, uh, you know, is one of the most dangerous devices ever created. Or the, he usually calls it a hellhole. Yeah, which is always a great. <laughs> a devious hellhole. Right now, and you see them like strip them. Like they're usually always stripped down to like athletic wear. Yeah. And then what would now could be called athleisure. Yeah. And then they're strapped into a chair and then they show them signing a waiver. Yeah. And it's like, you've know this waiver very well. You've read it before uh, the show. Sign it now. They've already signed this waiver. Oh, they're, absolutely. They're already being filmed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is very much the uh, for show waiver signing. Because I, I had the thought of, like, what if someone pulled an office and it's like they're in the chamber and they're looking at this thing and they're like, oh, he signed it, Daffy Duck! I declare bankruptcy! <laughs> but I will say, this does create a very cool, intense atmosphere. Yeah. It definitely, like, adds to the, the mystique of the chamber. Yeah, it's that very 2000s, mm. like intimidating, spoopy, dark set. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, something you saw on The Weakest Link, something you saw on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, that, like, very, like, treacherous lighting. It's very dark in here. Scary. And who was the host? Rick Schwartz. Rick Schwartz. He looks like... He reminded me of the host of Cheaters, like a younger, suave version of the guy who hosted Cheaters. Uh, and they strap you into the chair... Like, they cuff you in, uh, and uh, before we get to, like, gameplay, let's talk about what the chambers are, because there's two chambers. Right. Uh, there's the ice chamber, or the cold chamber. Cold chamber and the hot and chamber. And the hot chamber. They are not named creatively enough to yeah. be the fire chamber and the ice chamber. Yeah, I mean, they could have, like, the inferno or something like that, but yeah. no. Hot. And, and cold. Cold. <laughs> so... They let someone's two-year-old daughter name it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Hot room. Cold room. Uh, so if you're in the hot room, uh, what you have to deal with is flames. So it gets very hot. Yes. 
uh, the heat, the, it starts at 110 degrees and gets about 10 degrees higher through each. Each level. Yeah. Ending at 170. Uh, they blow air cannons in your face. Yep. Uh, the chair shakes. There's earthquake vibrations. Yep. Richter scale five to begin going up to 9.0 on the Richter scale. Cool. Uh, the chair rotates up to 180 degrees. Through 270 degrees. And then finally, it would spin in complete circles. Oh, well, that, once you're 180, that's the worst, in my opinion, when you're completely upside down. Yeah. Uh, and muscle simulators. Yep, muscle contractors strapped to the limbs. Uh, which I think is a weird one. Mm-hmm. Because it's not visually interesting. No. And since they're, like, strapped in, yeah, they're not going to jerk or move or anything. You, it's just every once in a while they go, ah! That hurts. <laughs> My legs hurt. Um, and the oxygen levels in the chamber fall throughout the game. Yes. This brings me to my first issue. Okay. Uh, one is the temperature thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, each round lasts a minute. Right. And then every after every minute you go into the next round, it's supposed to get worse. Right. The idea that in a minute they could raise it exactly 10 degrees, I call shenanigans. Okay. Because I own an oven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, getting that sucker to the right temperature is already a struggle. And, like, the idea of it jumping exactly 10 degrees... Sounds too difficult to control when there's fire involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's direct flames in front of you. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what knob you're turning to make it go up exactly 10 degrees, but I call shenanigans on that. That's fair. Uh, the second thing I want to call shenanigans on is the oxygen thing. Because it's still more oxygen that's, than is usually in the air anyway. And again, with the live flame. Yeah, it would either make the flames go out, or if you went in there and they started with 100% oxygen, you'd explode. Yeah, oxygen <laughs> is incredibly flammable. So I'm like, what do you mean the oxygen low? Do you mean the flames are eating it? Because if it was dropping too much, you wouldn't have fire. You'd also probably pass out at that point. But like... To have the fire not be affected. And I'm guessing it it's can't ventilated, be- because otherwise, like, with a small space like the chamber with the flames there, uh, smoke inhalation would be a serious concern. Exactly. So I'm already calling a bunch of shenanigans on those specific st- uh, uh, statistics. And in the third, in the last show that was aired, uh, they made the, after the fourth round, they started putting, like, gross smells in. Was there gross smells? Yeah, in the last uh, aired episode. Huh. Yeah. I don't remember gross smells. Uh, again, not visually interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess you just get somebody making their stank face like, oh, yeah. this smells mm. bad. Smells bad in here. Uh, then there's the ice chamber. Yep. I'm sorry, the cold chamber. The cold chamber. So, again, the temperature's dropping. Mm-hmm. It starts at what? 40? It starts at 30 degrees and then decreases allegedly to negative 20. Negative 20. Favorite in height. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's vibrations. There, and the muscle contractors. The muscle contractors, the oxygen thing, uh, the air cannons, and now they shoot water at you. Yes. So that sucks because it's cold water. Well, and because it would freeze. Because it would freeze. And I noticed that in the ice chamber, 
the cold chamber, the chair didn't spin. No. Because they wanted the, the visual of the ice building up on their shoulders and on the top of their head. Yeah. Because if it spun, it would fall off. Right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's well, that's smart. It's better TV to watch someone's hair, for, like, start to freeze. And... Yes. So those are our two chambers. Uh, now let's talk about the gameplay. Chuck is qualified and will now enter the arena where the chamber awaits. There are seven levels to the chamber, each one more hellish than the last. While Chuck endures this torture, he will be asked a series of questions. For each correct response, Chuck will earn $1,000. There is no penalty for a single incorrect response, but if Chuck provides two incorrect responses consecutively, the chamber will shut down and Chuck will forfeit half of his earnings. If Chuck can somehow manage to answer at least 25 questions correctly and complete all seven levels of the chamber, we will triple Chuck's earnings. It's okay to get a question wrong. You just need to get the next question right to keep playing. And the questions varied significantly. Yes. And I noticed a very interesting thing about uh, game theory here. Uh Uh-huh. There's basically three types of questions. There's the fill in the blank. There's the multiple choice. Yeah. And then there's uh, like a true false, but not really a true false. It's usually something like... The Statue of Liberty, naked or not. Yeah. Where you have like a 50% chance. I noticed that there was never a time where the fill in the blank questions were back to back from each other. Right. The reason for this is to keep the game going longer. Right, because it's, it's much easier to get a fill in the blank question wrong. Yeah, so you the fill in the blank questions were the ones that were supposed to trip you up. And then you had a multiple choice question to kind of save you and bring you back in. Right. Because I also noticed that all the multiple choice questions I felt were the easier questions. Right. Because I, like in my brain watching it, wanted to answer before I heard the choices. But part of the game is you have to wait for the entire question to be read before you can answer. Well, and also we are comfortable temperature on our couch. Right. This is very true. But just, did, did, did you notice that as well? Like, did you feel like the multiple choice questions were easier than the fill in the blanks? Absolutely. Yeah, so, like, it's it wasn't a situation where they needed the assist of seeing possible answers. They were just easier. Uh, so this, I think, is a purpose purposeful game design element where they give you the questions that trip you up and then the easy ones to save you so we can all watch you get tortured longer. Right, and to keep it like... They don't really want the questions to be the reason you're pulled out of the chamber. Exactly. Because that's kind of the least compelling reason to be pulled out of the chamber. It's not really dramatic. It's, oh, Jeff's dumb. Like, Jeff doesn't know who Batman's alter ego is. Yeah. Uh, The other uh, issue, though, I see with this is... Seven minutes in the chamber, right? Right. Uh, You have to uh, answer 25 questions right to make it to the next round. Mm -hmm. Or to to triple your money, excuse me. How many questions were asked a round? I mean, I imagine it was like 
two or three tops? The, the tops was five. If you got all the questions right, you usually got five questions. However, if you got a question wrong, they always took the time to say... Red or white? Chardonnay wine. Red. Incorrect. The correct response is white. Answer the next question incorrectly and the chamber will stop. That, like, chunk of sentences is like 20 seconds. Yeah, no one, no one gets through with all 25 questions. Because, and... No one ever did. Yeah, no one does it because it's impossible because so much time is wasted talking to you. I mean, only one player makes it through. Mm Mm-hmm. All seven rounds. Yes. Uh, And that player is very important to our story. Yes. Before we we talk about the players, there's one important element we have not brought up yet. Yes. And that is your danger quotient. Yeah. Uh, Now, I was wondering if you found any interesting information on this, because in the show, it is barely explained. They'll make sure that Chuck is properly secured and monitored inside the chamber. To protect Chuck's safety, we will be monitoring his vital signs by way of his stress quotient, which is an equation consisting of mean arterial blood pressure and Chuck's pulse rate as well. Our physician examined Chuck earlier and set 366 as his danger zone. Now, if Chuck's stress quotient exceeds 366 for 20 seconds, or if our doctor feels Chuck's in any danger at all, we'll shut down the chamber. So they put people, like, they had people essentially do a stress test. Right. And they would kind of see what your maximum heart rate or minimum heart rate would be. Right. And, like, maximum, minimum blood pressure and where your danger zones would be. Like, the reason they wanted to keep the contestants in there as long as possible is I imagine there was a lot of vetting that had to happen for the show. That doesn't have to happen for most shows. Yeah, I'm guessing you can't go in there with a heart uh, oh, condition not. or things like that. But my problem from a game show connoisseur position right. is he the first episode we watched, it was something along the lines of uh, we took into account their heart rate and their blood pe- pressure and that gave us a danger quotient of 366. If he gets close to 366, he'll be in caution. If he goes red, we'll pull him out of the chamber. Right. What is making that go up? What do you mean? What is making... Like, is it just his heart rate? Like, there's no clear way. It's just saying we're factoring heart rate and blood pressure and all this other stuff. There's no, like, explanation of, like, if he's at this number... It's because his blood pressure is here and his heart rate is here and it's dangerous because this. Yeah, they really don't explain what that means and what, um, they don't really under they don't take the time, and you're, I'm surprised they don't take the time to explain, like, what this could do to your body. Yeah. Like, if they want to build that drama. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know if it did this for you or if it just did it to me because I'm a game show nerd. But the fact that they're being sealed into something mm-hmm. makes me immediately think of the game 21. No, that's only you. Okay. Tw- 21 is, of course, the, the show that spawned the movie Quiz Show because it was about these contestants. They were sealed in this like soundproof area. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and the show is rigged. Right. And this is why there's a bunch of like laws about uh, game show etiquette and game show uh, ethics. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm noticing about the questions, because at first I was like, are they giving them easier questions every time they get a question wrong? Because that is illegal. They cannot alter the order of the questions once the show starts. That would be breaking the law. And then I just realized, oh, they always just put an easy question after a hard one. Right. There is something suspicious about the idea that someone could be doing very well getting questions right. And all of a sudden they're like, ah, danger quotient. You lose half your money because math. Uh, That's not the chamber. You don't lose any money for being in your danger quotient. No, no. I'm, if you go over your line, they stop the chamber and the game ends. You have to be over your line for uh, over 20 seconds. And if they stop the chamber, you lose half your money. Um, players were not penalized monetarily for exceeding the danger zone. Huh. I thought if you didn't last all seven rounds, you You'd, lost half your money. I don't think you lose half your money. I think you just don't gain additional money. Maybe maybe I misunderstood the rules because our first contestant who goes in there mm-hmm. he gets to like round four, four or five, I four believe, or yeah. five, and gets two questions wrong, wrong in a row. Mm-hmm. They had gotten fourteen questions right, and then they lost half their money for this chamber stopping. So after everything they went through, after the sweat and yeah. the burns and the spinning and the shaking, they left with $7,000. Yeah, for five minutes work. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you can look at it that way as well. That five is, real bad minutes. Yeah, like for five minutes they got $7,000. That's pretty awesome. But, like, compare that to You Don't Know Jack where you leave with thirty five grand. That's true. For... Not not just like less stress, but less questions. Yeah, less less work entirely. <laughs> yeah, uh, you just got to watch Paul Rubens prance around a lot and yell at you. Yeah, or Chase, where you literally ran around a theme park for an hour and won fifty thousand dollars. Not to mention like other existing game shows that you know, mm. like the Chase, where you can win like six digits. Exactly for yelling at a game show host and being smarter than he is. <laughs> Uh, but, like, that person who, they got 14 questions right, they went through the chamber and it was horrible, to leave at $7,000, that is six questions in Millionaire. Oh, wow. When you put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, when you put it as six questions in Millionaire, that's, that's rough butts. It might be, because it's five to a thousand, and then two thousand, four thousand, eight thousand. So, it's, it's it's like eight questions in Millionaire. And it's like, we're still on super easy questions Exactly. <laughs> You're still at, like, who is Batman's youthful ward? Yeah, exactly. I don't know why, like, Batman trivia is my go-to. Yeah, Batman trivia, trivia was, was real big. Um, well, the trivia in this are also weird, because as we get to Our Lady going into the cold chamber, she starts getting very strange questions. What is your mother's maiden name? McElhose. Correct. They were trying to steal this girl's identity. What was this about? They were trying to steal this girl's identity. They were asking her, like, her mother's maiden name. 
Yeah. How many digits are in a social security number? Uh, oh, there was another one that was like just about her specifically. It was what was your, what's your father's birthday? Yeah, it was all like security questions for your bank account. And there's like a part of me that thinks like this is kind of an interesting thing to do because it's something you should know. Mm-hmm. And it would kind of put a light on like this is how bad the chamber is. That like she was in so much like disarray and confusion. She forgot her own mother's maiden name. Uh, but she gets all of them right. And now we can get her password. <laughs> right. Which is such, it was just a weird thing to include. And I kind of liked it. But like also from guy sitting on the couch, you're asking a question I can't get the answer to. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I'm like, where's, I was like, her identity is getting super stolen. Yeah. By the end of this. <laughs> I mean, I don't identity theft and password encryption was not as bad then. No, this it was, was two thousand two. This it was a thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying it's a thing, but it, it it's not so obvious then as it is now. That's true. This is before there was those like Twitter games that would get give all your passwords away. Oh my god. Yeah, if you if you want to, you know, find out your stripper name, give your mother's maiden name, your favorite book, your first and the, pet in the, the first street, pet you grew street up you on. lived on, yeah. Oh, you lost all my password stuff. Uh, so I've never had a password connected to any of those things, and my security questions are never accurate. Oh, all right. They're like, stop giving this information. <laughs> Like, nobody knows who my first pet was. That is true. Because I consider my first pet, not my parents' first pet. Yeah, Laura just kind of looked at me like, you don't know. And it was that, like, that way that your wife looks at you when you're like, you don't know something about me. And I kind of felt that fear in my chest. <laughs> like I was in the chamber. <laughs> uh, also, real quick, we got to talk about this. There's a studio audience. And they are bored. Like they're it's the opposite of trashed audience. Like you see this this crowd of people that are around a metal box that a person is in that they can't see. In fact, <laughs> until you said that, I totally forgot there was a studio audience. Like you ever go to like uh, an amusement park or a good arcade and they mm. have one of those like roller coaster simulator oh boxes? Oh my god, those are great. Imagine going to a TV show and you're watching from the outside. Like, that's the experience you have. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's a box making a bunch of noise. Interesting. So, we watched these uh, episodes. We saw the cold chamber. We saw the ice chamber. Uh, and then we also watched uh, a very special episode. It was the last episode to air. And... Uh, I'm assuming you got some amazing research about this one. So this is the guy who actually does make it through all seven rounds. So he was in the cold chamber. Uh, not not the ice chamber? Not the ice chamber. Not ice bear? Not a, uh, No, ice bear does not have idea. Ice bear chamber? Um, sorry, I've been watching a lot of wee bear bear. Yeah, wee bear bears. Um, so he's in the cold chamber, and he gets through all seven rounds, and he wins something like... $20,000. Yeah, they don't have his prize because he did make it all the way through, but they don't triple it. Right. And I remember watching this live, like, feeling so cheated. 
Like, no, he did it. He deserves right. the prize. And it just, it felt like such a whimper to be like, ah, you did it. Just not good enough. You know, it was, it's kind of like when you get a check minus in school. Right. And it's like, you did it. Barely. I just not good enough. Yeah. So he won. Okay. He won $20,000. Okay. Um, but after he left the studio, he was hospitalized. That's crazy. And sued. I'm surprised he was able to sue. Because we watched him sign yeah. <laughs> a document that was on a clipboard. I mean, we don't know what that waiver says. Yeah. And additionally, if he brings it to court, the bad... Fox gave him about $100,000. When they settled... They settled out of court. Okay. And Fox gave him about a hundred thousand dollars, and promptly canned the show. All right, that's uh, that's literally that why sense. the show was canceled. Was because they oh they immediately lost a lawsuit. Because I do remember when I watched this live that at the end of this episode they announced new chambers. Yep. What what were the new chambers? Uh, water type, electric type, and bug type. Oh, excuse me, those are my favorite Pokemon. Uh, water, electric, and insects and animals. Maybe that one would have an actual bear. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they were going to be spiders, mice. Yeah, your I, standard reality show. Th- they showed a clip. They showed a clip of each of these. Yeah, uh, w- like promoting them. I don't remember seeing the water chamber, but uh, like the electricity was just. It looked like there was lightning, and I'm sure he was being shocked. Yeah. Which again, not great for TV. And then the insect one, there was like swarms of crap. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it, it looked very unpleasant. Because when you're saying swarms, I know they're they're probably putting in like bees and like things that are actually scary. Mosquitoes. But well, that's dangerous in its own right as well. Because if he contracted like malaria. Or yeah, that would be bad. Uh, I'm thinking of like swarms of gnats, where I'm just like, oh no. Yeah, just nasty. Just, just unple- unpleasant. <laughs> like not even scary, just unpleasant. Because I remember fun? watching this, I. I feel like it aired after the Super Bowl. I believe this, it this did. This episode. I believe it aired after the Super Bowl. And I remember watching it after a Super Bowl party. And I remember my dad going, Insects? That's gonna suck. Uh, okay, so, so it didn't air after the Super Bowl. Well, I'm guessing probably after football then. Definitely after a playoff game. Okay. Uh, because this ran on January 13th, January 20th, and January 25th. Okay. And the Super Bowl that year was on February 3rd. Okay, that makes sense. So it probably ran in, like, the last playoff game. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, So, overall, I guess, because we've reached the end of this, because do you have any more research? Uh, No, it makes every list for the worst reality show ideas, but it's always coupled with the chair. Yes, so we're unoriginally <laughs> doing both here. So yeah, it's an anomaly. It's a it's a blip on the radar of television, but still very interesting because of it. Yeah, d- despite the fact that they said they were going to make television history. I mean, they did. It comes up on a lot of lists even today. But it does kind of boggle the mind that in the end, the best you can do is $75,000, roughly. Like uh, It was apparently possible to win up to 126000 126000 I guess that's every question right, and then they triple it. Right. But, like, 
millionaire is on. Yes, this is <laughs> this is actually during peak millionaire heyday too. Yeah, like the idea that no one's really even going to sniff near a uh, hundred thousand. And millionaire is just like Regis talking. You have to just put up with Regis Philbin for half an hour. And well, I think a big part of what made millionaire millionaire was Regis. Yeah, like Regis was fun. Like, he didn't, like, put the screws to you or anything, but he was an entertaining host that was kind of with you on the ride. Yeah, and he was kind of, like, he was pleasant. Yeah. Uh, This smarmy jackass that's hosting the chamber uh, is... He did really well for himself, though. Oh, did he? Yeah, he's currently serving as the... He never had another on-screen thing, hmm. but he was a producer, an executive producer on a number of things, most recently Lip Sync Battle. Really? Yeah, so he's... Rick Schwartz is actually doing great. Good good for him. You're a smarmy bastard. <laughs> I'm glad you're no longer on my television. But you can continue to make it. Yeah, I like Lip Sync Battle, so you do you, boo. <sighs> yeah, so sue me. Uh, so that's the chamber. I will, I will uh, hold my final verdict on this one. Uh, until after we talk about the chair. The chair. The chair is hosted by tennis legend John McEnroe, who you might remember as Homestar Runner's costume in that one Halloween special. Yeah, they showed a uh, a montage of John McEnroe being a jerk. That yeah. was the opening of the show. A montage of John McEnroe being a bad human being. Yeah, Welcome to the chair. On this show, keeping a lid on your heart rate means the difference between winning and losing. Something I know a bit about. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! That ball was clearly out. I have 30 seconds to complain more, right? This ball's a foot out! Come on now! That ball was clearly outside the line! Don't pin anyone else on here because I'm not playing anymore. What did I say, umpire? Tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me! What are you blind? And just kind of talking about how, like, he has a bad temper. His heart rate gets up all the time. And then how you need to, like... And that's kind of how they set up the show, is how he has high blood pressure and he has a bad temper and his heart rate's always up. Be better than him. Yeah, be be better than him. Uh, So, the chair, you need to sit in this chair. Yes. That is surrounded again by fire. Yeah, I guess that was, like, a new thing. I feel like a lot of... This is, like, my nerd expertise coming in. I feel like a lot of theme park rides in the mid-2000s were using a lot of fire as well. I feel like the fire tech was just getting really good at that point. I I, I think you're right. I also feel like this is right around where people were moving away from roller coasters because there had been roller coaster disasters. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of, like, let's do simulators and see how exciting we can get by having them not actually go anywhere. Yeah, because I'm thinking of um, Spider-Man at Universal Studios. Spider-Man, I believe this... What year would this be? This would be 2002. Yeah, all right. So this would be years after uh, Top Flight at Great Adventure, which was the Blue Angels simulator... Uh, at Great Adventure where you sat in a chair and it shook and you were on an airplane, which was then replaced by SpongeBob. Completely unrelated rant. (laughs) Oh, and they they got rid of SpongeBob too, which is interesting considering SpongeBob is like going to outlive that park at this point. Yeah, very true. That's fun fact 
facts about Six Flags Great Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> um, despite other things we've cut, we'll probably keep that one in. So, uh, you have to sit in this chair. There's fire around it. Yeah. And they're monitoring your heart rate. Yes. And they know what your resting heart rate is. Yeah. Uh, so, after each... To answer a question, you your heart rate has to be below a certain level. Right. The red line threshold. The, the red line. Uh, the if, value starts at 60% above the resting heart rate. Yeah. So you can be a little nervous and stuff like that, and it can be a little bit high. But if you go over it, you can answer the question, and you lose a little bit of money for every second you stay above that line. Yes, like $50 every time for every second initially. Yeah. It gets yes. more the longer the game goes. And the longer the game goes, the lower the red line is. They yeah, keep it goes dropping down by that down. 5%. After each question. Yes. Uh, first and foremost, much easier to understand than the danger quotient. Yeah, well, it's one number that does not need to be explained. So, and, like, your danger quotient has something to do with your blood pressure and stuff like that. You can actively work to lower your heart rate. Yeah, you can kind of, like, zen out a little bit. Yeah, but, like, if someone was like, quick, lower your blood pressure... I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's a much harder thing to figure yeah, out. Like, oh, deep breaths. <sighs> that makes so deep much more sense. Breath. So, uh, the questions in the chair also vary. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of multiple choice, and it's again that kind of thing where this question is long, so it takes you can't answer until he's read all of it. And your heart rate's below the thing. Here's your first question for an additional thousand pounds. Tom, Billy, Jack, or Joey, which of the following is a male cat? Because I don't think it happened on the episode we watched, but if your heart rate goes above it while he's reading the question, he stops reading. Yes. And he's like, well, you got to calm down. They kind of consider the... uh the catchphrase of the show, you may not answer the question. Yeah. You may answer the question. You may answer the question. Uh, and a very interesting rule to me is you're not allowed to close your eyes. Correct. Because if you close your eyes, it's easier to relax. Yes. Uh, but we didn't watch this episode. Right. But you know I watched it live. There was, there was a guy on it. Mm-hmm. who spent the entire episode with his eyes crossed. Huh. This... I guess that works a similar way. Oh, it worked great. He did amazing. But, like, he, it allowed him to lose focus of the world around him and kind of zen out. And John McEnroe's like, your eyes are crossed on television. <laughs> like, he was trying to find a way to, like... Yeah. Make it work. <laughs> yeah, don't stop it. Uh, so there's lots of like weird questions here. There's, there's one where they show you a bunch of images and then they ask you something about the images. Right. And it's a get one wrong, go home situation. They, they, they do this thing where you can stabilize. Yeah. Where it's like banking your money. Yes. Uh, but after you answer the $15,000, again, there's a $15,000 question. Exactly. You make a lot more money on the chair. Yes. 
Uh, and the the gimmick with that is if you stabilize, that's how much money you'll walk away with if you get a question wrong. Correct. But you can hold off on stabilizing so you can bank more money. Yes. So it's this weird risk-reward thing. It's a nice little gameplay element. It's good game design of like, do I want to risk it now? And, you know, this way have a bigger... Stash. St- stash, like, guaranteed. Yeah. Or do I do... It's it's a, it's a cool kind of, like, gameplay concept. Uh, but I think the big thing we got to talk about is... The Heartstoppers? The Heartstoppers! And these are things that are meant to... Stress you out. Stress you out and raise your heart rate. Yeah. Uh, in the episode we watched, I think it was just fire. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's John McEnroe serving tennis balls... By your head. Yeah, I watched that one live. He's like, and the whole time he's yelling. He's like, oh, what about this is a heart stopper? Oh, you got tennis balls coming right at you. Or like a large pendulum swinging overhead. Yes, Pit of the Pendulum, very Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, gator, very Florida man. <laughs> they just lowered an alligator? <laughs> they didn't lower an alligator. They just released one kind of nearby. Oh, because there was one where they lowered a cage of bees? Yes, there's that one. That one I saw live, and it's just like, bees came down and were near you through, like, mesh. And bees? Then, and then it just kind of went into the ceiling and went away. <laughs> bees. So, I mean, you could win a lot more money. Yeah, you can win a whole lot more money uh, in a lot less time. Yes. And, and a lot less pain, really. And a lot less pain. Uh, they do do the thing that I like about the the chair, where they kind of showed you the vetting process. Mm-hmm. And one of the, like, it was you, like, answering questions and stuff like that. But they gave you, like, a pen that would explode. And they would test to see if your heart rate would go crazy based on that. Right. Little nuggets like that really tied the show together. Yes. I I think that's really all I have to say about the chair. Yeah, there were nine episodes that aired. Thirteen were taped. And they were taping a lot of... Now, something that's really interesting to me is that they were taping a lot of these very late at night. Uh, Yeah. They were taping a lot of them overnight because they were rushing production to keep up with the chamber. The chamber. Because these were running so close together. So... And they both bombed. And a lot of them... Now, the chair is interesting because a number of other countries ran the chair. Yeah, the chair's not an original concept. This is something that, like, we've stolen and brought over. Yes. Um. In It started out in Spain in 2002, and it was called La Silla. The seat? No, La Silla just means the chair. Okay. So they didn't... I should have got that one. They didn't do anything more interesting with the name. Uh, it... In fact, in every other country, it's really just been the chair, La Silla, except for France, where it was Zone Rouge, which is Red Zone. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's charming, uh, and it's, in my opinion, more fun. Yeah. Because it's just, because <laughs> the hard stopper, you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. And like, unlike the chamber, with the chair... You are more clearly safe. Yes. Because, like, with the chamber, you are actively in pain. Yes. Uh, in the chair, they're trying to scare you. Uh, it, the chamber is the game at the arcade that shocks you. Yes. 
the chair is five nights. Yeah. Where it's like, something's going to scare you, but you're fine. Now, after the lawsuit with the chamber, uh, the chair really only ran until March of 2003. Hmm. I think after the episode with the chamber, the chair producers got nervous. That makes sense. I Uh, think there was definitely an element of like, oh, if we give someone a heart attack who has a completely unknown heart condition, that could be a big problem. This could be a huge, that could be an issue. That would be a total issue. All right. Uh, Anything else to to bring up here? Nope. All right. So I guess we got to go to final verdicts here. Yep. Uh, I'm, uh... I'm going to actually allow you to go first. I'm going to call this a stay doomed because someone was going to get hurt or killed doing this. But both of them? Um, yeah. <laughs> the chair less so than the chamber. The chair I at least like kind of get. Okay. But the chamber is a certain stay doomed. I- I'm going to say stay doomed for both of them. If you took the best elements of these. Yes. And put them together, it would be a fantastic show. What do you consider the best elements of these shows? The dramatic elements of The Chamber. Okay. Where they really turn up the, like, this is going to be intense. Okay. The randomness and surprising nature of The Chair. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, you'd you'd enter, but you don't know what's about to happen to you. Right. The fast rate questions from The Chamber with the prize money of The Chair. As someone who loves trivia, it's tough to watch the chair and be like, okay, seven questions in a half hour. Yeah. Versus 25 in seven minutes. Yeah, I, I do think the speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easy to understand danger quotient of the chair. Absolutely. <laughs> with the uh, really stupid qualifying face-off of the chamber. <laughs> You like that? Like, there are so... Like, both shows are very stupid and bad. <laughs> but there are moments of all of them where I'm like, eh, I am entertained. Uh, I, and I will say, as someone who loves game shows, sitting on the couch watching this... Yeah. If I had to choose to be on one, I'd rather do The Chamber. Why? Because it's more interesting. Like, the chamber stuff is constantly happening while you're at answering questions. A large part of the chair is John McEnroe going, gotta lower that heart rate, take some deep breaths. Like, you're literally sitting there watching a man's heart beat fast. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, they're both stay doomed, but... These were not the most painful things we watched by a long shot. No, it's because we only watched one episode. These were not the most painful things we watched by a long <laughs> shot. So, so there's that. Yeah. So, yeah, they're they're both the stay doomed from us. Uh, yes. But for what exists, they're worth revisiting and kind of seeing the train wreck. They're very much time in a bottle. Yes, they're very much like, did you guys like the early 2000s? Here you go. Yeah, this is what was going on. It was the game show wars era of television. This was like right before reality was really starting to take hold. Yeah, so it's it's quite interesting to watch them. Uh, Give them a try. Links are, of course, down below in the description. We got to talk about next week. All right. um, 
Interestingly, I don't know much about next week. You made the decision for our fifth Monday show. Yeah, it's our fifth Monday, and whenever there's a fifth Monday, we do something a little offbeat, yes. a little off the, the trail, but still fits the month. Uh, we will be doing Game Show Network's Word Slam. Okay. There are three reasons why this one's a little bit different, a little bit special. Uh, number one, it's not really a game show. They did a game show, and this is a documentary about it. Awesome. Uh, so it's more of a documentary than it is a game show, but we will see game show elements. So it fits game show, but doesn't. Okay. Number Down. two, I'm not positive this aired on television. Okay, I bet that'll be something I learn. Yeah, this may have just been something that aired on GameShowNetwork.com. Okay. So it may not even have run a single episode. Ooh, those are fun. And third, I competed on this game show. Wait, what? Yes. Guess what, guys? Guess what was never told to me <laughs> off mic? Yeah. What? I've never actually watched this, but there's a solid chance I'm in this. Noah! You still don't know who my first pet was! <laughs> what the hell? Uh, in short... I, uh, like, never swear on Mike. <laughs> and what the hell is, like, the worst I've done? Uh, the way that this show worked, and uh, just to give you a little bit of background before we get into it. Because I don't it, know anything, guys. Uh, this show toured shopping malls, and you could win a $25,000 scholarship. Okay. And you could go, and it was open call. Anyone could go. Anyone could get on. And I went to the one at the King of Prussia Mall and was picked to be a contestant twice. What the actual poop? So I'll leave it at that and let the rest of it come out on uh, the, the episode when we record it. But I don't know what footage is used in this show, so I have no idea if I appear. I kind of almost wish you hadn't told me. I signed a release, and that's all I know. I kind of wish I didn't know until we watched. I th There's a solid chance that I'm nowhere to be found. That's why I'm bringing it up now, because okay. we could watch the whole thing, and then I'd be like, I was in that. And you could be like, shut up. No, you weren't. I just watched it. Uh, but yeah, that's what makes this one a very special one, is uh, I was actually on this show. Huh. You were on Word Slam. I was on Word Slam. You were on a game I probably could have beaten you in. A hundred and ten percent, because I guarantee you, when we do the episode uh, next week, we're going to play. <gasps> and you're going to win. Yeah. Because I'm bad at stuff. No. Uh, so where can uh, people find us? Uh, you can email us at the Stay Doomed Show, or on Twitter and Facebook, we are Stay Doomed. And uh, what if people wanted to see us live? If people want to see us live, we will be appearing in National Harbor, Maryland from January 3rd through 6th at MAGFest. Yes, come see us at MAGFest. We're doing a bunch of stuff. We're doing Geek Out. We're doing Game the Gamer. We're doing the stand-up comedy workshop. We're doing Mag Laughs. And we are doing, well, I am doing These Guy Are Sick with the rest of the uh, MAGFest improvisers. Yeah, so be sure to see us at that if you want to talk to me because you too went out for Word Slam. I'm at TV's Noah. If you want to commiserate about how you feel personally betrayed right now, 
I am at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.